Good morning and welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. It is, what day it is? It's the 28th. It's Wednesday of September, Wednesday the 28th, and happy Wednesday, hump day, if you will. I want to start talking about uh, science. We love science, right? Uh, of course, the right is the, uh, according to progressives, against science, which is, of course, blatantly not true. But I wanted to start talking about Stacey Abrams running for governor of Georgia. Of course, she still thinks she's the governor. I mean, she doesn't actually think that, but but she never conceded losing in 2018. And, of course, with all the Jim Crow laws, she already has a ready-made, which is also crap, as evidenced by the primaries, etc. Uh, she's already got a ready-made excuse for why she's not going to win in November. Hopefully she doesn't win. She recently was on a panel where she talked about the fact that, you know, hearing a heartbeat at six weeks, that's not really a heartbeat. That's just a manufactured sound um, that was created for men to be able to control women. Now, a few states, Texas, one of them, has the law regarding that somebody can sue uh, an abortion provider after six weeks. Most states are not there. Some of them outright banned it, which I thought was a mistake, and they should have uh, put a pause because just like everything else, when you anticipate something never changing, that is Roe versus Wade, you have lots of feel-good votes. And that's all those were because now they're stuck holding the bag. But Stacey Abrams is completely denying the science, uh, biology in this case. Is it a heartbeat as we perhaps fully developed heart? Of course not, but it is a cardiac function. That's how scientists dis define it. Essentially, it is a heartbeat. But this is more of the, the, the party of science and what they're trying to do. Um, we've got a hurricane coming in. This late in the year, and this is really the first major hurricane, and perhaps it's going to be the only one. Who knows? Um, and yet what happens with a hurricane is you have the climate change alarmists are out there. Never mind the fact that we're way into September um, as this hurricane is approaching. I mentioned, uh, well, maybe I didn't mention it. You know, Puerto Rico was hit, um, was last week, uh, by a hurricane, glancing blow, lots of rain, power outages. Uh, the infrastructure there, by the way, um, only like, $25 million of $9.5 billion that was uh, appropriated by Congress to rebuild their power infrastructure has been spent. So undoubtedly there will be calls for more spending on Puerto Rico's behalf. But in reality, most of the money that was already uh, spent hasn't been spent. And that's why Puerto Rico, with a glancing blow from not a very strong hurricane, is mostly without power for so long. Speaking of science um, and abortion, 
which nobody ever wants to talk about it, but I think that I'm glad to sound an alarm. Uh, Gavin Newsom, governor, governor of California, in his attempt to show how how sanctuary their state is for abortion, has ha, is pushing to eliminate as a crime the death of an infant within its first year. And, moreover, within the first month, when a baby dies, there will be no unattended death autopsy done. So, even though the Lib has joked in the past about progressives want to allow abortion up to and including well, up to the moment that the mother is wheeled out of the hospital after having given birth and is being discharged. Apparently, that's not good enough for California. Abortion now is defined as within the baby, up to and including the baby's first month of life. Other states have similar things that they're working on. The president... President Biden wants to, well, he, you know, he, medically speaking, you have to wonder if we're dealing with elder abuse now with Dr. Jill Biden, um, or if the Democrats simply take one look at Kamala Harris and realize that, that yes, things could be worse than where they are now. And so they're keeping Joe in office. But in reality, that's only one way to refer to that, and that's elder abuse. Here's somebody who is obviously unable to perform the function of President of the United States and is being fed step-by-step instructions. I mean, don't get me wrong, okay? When... uh, they first came up with the idea of the chief of staff to manage um, the bureaucracy within the White House and ultimately to connect with the uh, the larger bureaucracy through the cabinet. That was absolutely essential. The government is too big for a president to have their full pulse on on what's going on. But we're not talking about this. You know, he welcomed the Braves, uh, the Atlanta Braves. If you remember Atlanta, which was denied the uh, All-Star game because of the Voting Reform Act that they passed. Jim Crow 2.0, as President Biden referred to it. He was glad to welcome the Atlanta Braves into the White House for being national champions last year. Of course, if you didn't know this, according to Joe Biden, they beat the Braves. I know. I don't even know what to say to that. Oh, I do. Uh, John Fetterman, candidate for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania, who suffered a massive stroke 
and refuses to not only release his doctor records, but he initially is refused to debate. Then he decided he's going to have one debate. And then he's now, by the way, the one debate that they decided was well after early voting. I mean, we're already early voting in, in Pennsylvania. Here's somebody who cannot put sentences together. Here's somebody who talked about the Philadelphia Eagles beating the Eagles instead of the commanders. You know, that had to have been a hard one because his brain probably is screaming Redskins, and he knows that that's not the name, and so he just said that the Eagles beat the Eagles. Look, John Fetterman is a stroke survivor. More power to him. Nobody wishes ill on somebody like that. But being a U.S. senator is not an easy job. I mean, they spend four days a week. Don't laugh. Doing their job, and the rest of the time they spend fundraising. Okay, he's not going to be much of a fundraiser for the party simply because the people that John Fetterman appealed to, I mean, they'd like him to be able to go out and talk to working-class America. That's his whole stick. But in reality, that's not him. But in, in spite of all that, here's the deal. Is he going to be able to serve to manage a staff, to read legislation, or is he going to be, if he's elected, just a rubber stamp for Biden? Now, we all know, by the way, I mean, that's really a stupid question because when it comes to rubber stamps, Republicans are not the party. The Democrat Party is the rubber stamp party of the president right now, Biden. And if the president was Trump, Republicans would not be the rubber stamp party of Trump. Obamacare still around, which, by the way, and we'll just, just throw this out there before we take a break. Bernie Sanders was out um, speaking and he was talking about the fact that 70 million people are uninsured or underinsured. Now, that's a big, scary number, and it is. And, you know, it's. But here's the thing those people are breaking the law because they're required to have insurance. Now, Here's a bigger thing. When Obamacare was passed, it was passed because there were 20 million people that did not have health insurance. And that's why we needed to pass Obamacare. We now have 70 million people, according to Senator Sanders, uninsured or underinsured. Now, remember, having health insurance does not mean that you have health care coverage. Oh, it means you have coverage. It just doesn't mean you have access to health care. 
if you have to wait weeks to get into the doctor, that's a problem. If you can't afford the treatment with your health care plan, that's a big deal. So we've tripled the number of people essentially being denied access to care under Obamacare. And that's considered a success. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Lib. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I wanted to, uh, there's an article, and I'll link it in the description, by Victor Davis Hanson. Um, Victor Davis Hanson, for those who are not aware, he considers himself uh, a farmer. Um, he is also a professor at Stanford University, I believe. Um conservative, etc. He has an article out today that's entitled, The World Wants No Part of Woke, But It's Glad We Do. And he goes through a whole list of things that the United States is essentially doing to itself. That is damaging its credibility, damaging its ability to respond to things in the future. And there's some things. This is how he closes the article, quoting, While we war on our past, our competitors abroad prep for the future. They are more likely to erect than tear down statues. We spend what we borrow. They invest what they earn. How odd America once taught the world what works. Only now to mock its own lessons. This is a, a great summary about everything that has happened, not just in the last 18 months, although they seem to have just put the accelerator to the floor, you know, to get off the cliff. This has been building for decades. Um, where we have, uh, you know, we went through the malaise of the 70s, right? Reagan gave us a brief uh, a period of hope. We, we spent the communists uh, of Russia into bankruptcy. We caused the, the communists in China to realize that while communism is a great political ideology, is a lousy economic one. And so China seeing the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, did a huge turn and went in full in on mercantilism, but with the communist ideology. The United States essentially was, you know, top of the world at the fall of the Soviet Union. We thought that economic incentives to China would free up their economy, and it has freed up their economy from big corporations, and it has crippled ours. No, our economy is not dead. However, you 
in spite of Trump's ability, while the American people's ability under Trump and the leadership of President Trump to finally become energy independent, putting to rest forever, seemingly, when President Obama said that you could not drill your way into energy independence. He was wrong. We did. But we also know that with government so heavily involved in every aspect of our lives, that that is fleeting. Because President Biden, with a stroke of a pen, ended the United States' energy independence. Where now we're crawling and begging states like Iran and Venezuela to pump more oil. We're begging the Russians, even as we're talking about Putin and what a thug he is in Ukraine. We're begging the Russians to pump more oil, and they are. We The West has not hurt Putin at all because in the meantime, while the West shut off Putin's oil and natural gas, China and India have built pipelines. And India, I think, is receiving triple the product from Russia that they were receiving prior to the Ukrainian invasion. China, no doubt, is doing that. But China not only is buying from buying from Russia in increased quantities, but they're buying from Iran. They're keeping a tyrannical regime afloat. But do you know who else is keeping the Iranians afloat? The United States. By insisting on resurrecting the non-treaty agreement, the Iran deal, The United States is lead, lending cre uh, credibility to the Iranian regime at a time when, when on at home and abroad, it is at a low. President Trump managed to get four nations uh, together to sign peace treaties in the Middle East. Most of it has to do with the fear of Iran. Imagine their surprise when the president, while he has not abandoned those, those the the support of those agreements, is still trying to make a deal with Iran. And guess guess what? Because Iran will not talk to the United States directly. Guess who the intermediary is? Putin. So I want you to think about that, and I think that we're going to just probably wrap up with this. I want you to think about this for a moment. We've heard nothing about how bad Russia is. How bad Putin is. Europe is praying for a mild winter because they don't have the energy resources to keep the heat on. Meanwhile, China and India are building coal plants and they're burning fossil fuel like nobody's business, laughing all the way to the bank as the United States also 
puts heated homes at risk this winter in the name of the green theology. Russia's threatened nuclear attacks, and we should not take those threats lightly. Russia already has sufficient evidence, if they wanted to push it, to retaliate against the West for the arms that are continuing to flow into Ukraine. Because Ukraine now is no longer satisfied with, with just getting Russia out of its country. They're attacking Russian bases outside of their country. Ukraine, which, by the way, has silenced all opposition press, which has essentially declared itself a totalitarian state due to the emergency. But democracy. What are people afraid of? Letting, you know, the people have what they want. Now, the founders were terrified of democracy because they knew that mob rule was not a good thing. And so the founders were terrified of that. But these people who claim to be the will of the people, here's the will of the people. Significant restrictions on abortion after 15 to 20 weeks, depending on where you live. Voter ID. Very popular. Securing the border. These are things that if you were to put a a referendum, a national referendum, where everybody could vote, everybody that's an American citizen, or even a legal resident. These are things that overwhelmingly likely would pass. You want to talk about dysfunction? Washington right now is in a dysfunctional state where because because the parties won't talk to each other at all. You have the party in power cutting deals to try to get something passed. Speaking of deals, you know, Joe Manchin just realized that the Democrats um, are as treacherous to him as they are to Republicans because his promised deal from Schumer in exchange for selling out his state wasn't going to get through the House, and so he withdrew it. When we go to vote in November, which, by the way, I think there should be one day to vote, not weeks, but that's, you know, we're going to obey the law. The 
the Republicans are promising their commitment to America. Republicans can't promise anything, and you have to keep that in mind. The only thing that they Republicans can promise to do, and I don't even know that they can do this, is that they will, they can promise that they're not going to pass any more of these bogus spending deals, that they're going to try to rein in spending, that they're going to try to do X, Y, and Z. The problem is, assuming that the Republicans get a majority in the House, assuming they get a majority in the Senate, they still have to deal with the fact that any of their dream legislation, the president's not going to sign. And because the president is not really the president, but you've got a bunch of hard left ideologues that are running the White House. They're going to do just like Obama did, President Obama, and then they're not going to sign anything. You know, President Clinton, for all of his faults, realized that if he wanted to be seen with a good legacy, that he needed to work with the Republicans. There will be none of that with Biden. or whoever the Democrats want to put in to replace them. This is Snake River Lib. You'd love to be able to mind your own business, right? But it's becoming increasingly hard to do so. Have a great day.